chapter one of the man who found the truth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by caroline the man who found the truth by leonid nikolaevich andreyev translated by herman bernstein chapter one i was twenty-seven years old and had just maintained my thesis for the degree of doctor of mathematics with unusual success when i was suddenly seized in the middle of the night and thrown into this prison i shall not narrate to you the details of the monstrous crime of which i was accused there are events which people should neither remember nor even know that they may not acquire a feeling of aversion for themselves but no doubt there are many people among the living who remember that terrible case and the human brute as the newspapers called me at the time they probably remember how the entire civilized society of the land unanimously demanded that the criminal be put to death and it is due only to the inexplicable kindness of the man at the head of the government at the time that i am alive and i now write these lines for the edification of the weak and the wavering i shall say briefly my father my elder brother and my sister were murdered brutally and i was supposed to have committed the crime for the purpose of securing a really enormous inheritance i am an old man now i shall die soon and you have not the slightest ground for doubting when i say that i was entirely innocent of the monstrous and horrible crime for which twelve honest and conscientious judges unanimously sentenced me to death the death sentence was finally commuted to imprisonment for life in solitary confinement it was merely a fatal linking of circumstances of grave and insignificant events of vague silence and indefinite words which gave me the appearance and likeness of the criminal innocent though i was but he who would suspect me of being ill-disposed towards my strict judges would be profoundly mistaken they were perfectly right perfectly right as people who can judge things and events only by their appearance and who are deprived of the ability to penetrate their own mysterious being they could not act differently nor should they have acted differently it so happened that in the game of circumstances the truth concerning my actions 
which i alone knew assumed all the features of an insolent and shameless lie and however strange it may seem to my kind and serious reader i could establish the truth of my innocence only by falsehood and not by the truth later on when i was already in prison in going over in detail the story of the crime and the trial and picturing myself in the place of one of my judges i came to the inevitable conclusion each time that i was guilty then i produced a very interesting and instructive work having set aside entirely the question of truth and falsehood on general principles i subjected the facts and the words to numerous combinations erecting structures even as small children build various structures with their wooden blocks and after persistent efforts i finally succeeded in finding a certain combination of facts which though strong in principle seemed so plausible that my actual innocence became perfectly clear exactly and positively established to this day i remember the great feeling of astonishment mingled with fear which i experienced at my strange and unexpected discovery by telling the truth i lead people into error and thus deceive them while by maintaining falsehood i lead them on the contrary to the truth and to knowledge i did not yet understand at that time that like newton and his famous apple i discovered unexpectedly the great law upon which the entire history of human thought rests which seeks not the truth but very similitude the appearance of truth that is the harmony between that which is seen and that which is conceived based on the strict laws of logical reasoning and instead of rejoicing i exclaimed in an outburst of native juvenile despair where then is the truth where is the truth in this world of phantoms and falsehood see my diary of a prisoner of june twenty ninth eighteen i know that at the present time when i have but five or six more years to live i could easily secure my pardon if i but asked for it but aside from my being accustomed to the prison and for several other important reasons of which i shall speak later i simply have no right to ask for pardon and thus break the force and natural course of the law and entirely justified verdict nor would i want to hear people apply to me the words a victim of judicial error 
as some of my gentle visitors expressed themselves to my sorrow i repeat there was no error nor could there be any error in a case in which a combination of definite circumstances inevitably lead a normally constructed and developed mind to the one and only conclusion i was convicted justly although i did not commit the crime such is the simple and clear truth and i live joyously and peacefully my last few years on earth with a sense of respect for this truth the only purpose by which i was guided in writing these modest notes is to show to my indulgent reader that under the most painful conditions where it would seem that there remains no room for hope or life a human being a being of the highest order possessing a mind and a will finds both hope and life i want to show how a human being condemned to death looked with free eyes upon the world through the grated windows of his prison and discovered the great purpose harmony and beauty of the universe to the disgrace of those fools who being free living a life of plenty and happiness slander life disgustingly some of my visitors reproach me for being haughty they ask me where i secured the right to teach and to preach cruel in their reasoning they would like to drive away even the smile from the face of the man who has been imprisoned for life as a murderer no just as the kind and bright smile will not leave my lips as an evidence of a clear and unstained conscience so my soul will never be darkened my soul which has passed firmly through the defiles of life which has been carried by a mighty will-power across these terrible abysses and bottomless pits where so many daring people have found their heroic but alas fruitless death and if the tone of my confessions may sometimes seem too positive to my indulgent reader it is not at all due to the absence of modesty in me but it is due to the fact that i firmly believe that i am right and also to my firm desire to be useful to my neighbour as far as my faint powers permit here i must apologize for my frequent references to my diary of a prisoner which is unknown to the reader but the fact is that i consider the complete publication of my diary too premature and perhaps even dangerous begun during the remote period of cruel disillusions of the shipwreck of all my beliefs and hopes breathing boundless despair 
my notebook bears evidence in places that its author was if not in a state of complete insanity on the brink of insanity and if we recall how contagious that illness is my caution in the use of my diary will become entirely clear o oh, blooming youth with an involuntary tear in my eye i recall your magnificent dreams your daring visions and outbursts your impetuous seething power but i should not want your return blooming youth only with the greyness of the hair comes clear wisdom and that great aptitude for unprejudiced reflection which makes of all old men philosophers and often even sages End of chapter one